Roll up, roll up. Here we are once again for the Marathon Mystery Tour. Welcome aboard for episode five. And it's great to have my co-host back in the saddle once again. Big welcome to Steve Monaghetti. Welcome, mate. Hitching up. I am hitching up in the saddle. Good on you, Robbo. Good to be along. Mate, what's happening? Mate, it's all happening, I think. Since we part of the world. All happening. Since, <laughs> since we spoke, I mean, we haven't... Well, I've got to say, and I have to apologise, we... We haven't uh, got these episodes out as, as uh, frequently as we might have done early on, but it leaves people hanging each time and wondering. That's part of the mystery, isn't it? When are, are we going to record another one and when will it be? Um, but since we spoke, It's a mystery mate, to us, let exactly. alone to anybody else. So getting yeah. us together, but there has been a lot happening, so I think the timing's good, Robbo. And we should mention, I mean, it is the Marathon Mystery Tour. Uh, one of the mysteries that needed solving, when would Elliot Kipchoge break the uh legitimately break the mar- men's marathon world record well we've got an answer to that now that mystery's been solved and uh it was a serious reduction in that time mate in uh in an event near and dear to your heart over in berlin how did, how was your reaction to it oh it was amazing and you know not before time i think we all thought that he well he'll go down as the, as the best marathon runner in history after that run, I think that was probably the only thing he didn't have. He had everything else. And his record's unbelievable. I think, don't quote me, but I think he's had 11 marathons now, one ten of them. He was second in the other one, and he ran 2.04.03 to finish second or something. Maybe, might have been in Berlin or somewhere, I think. So what an unbelievable performance and just the way he obliterated that record. And, you know, I think the great thing is I think it almost – transformed out of being just running news it was actually world news so i think it sort of crossed over out of distance running out of athletics out of sport almost into the general world public psyche because you know we're now into that sort of area of well will he or won't he run under two hours yeah it's a exactly the focus is on what can the human body do what can it achieve and uh, we've got a bit of an insight into yeah just just what those limits might be or or you know how far we can push those limits so yeah it's going to be interesting what does he do next mate like as you say he's done it all he doesn't have much to prove he could he could probably happily retire but what 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 do you reckon he does next is that that sub two hour another uh, manufactured chase by nike perhaps of that or or just keep notching up the big city marathon wins yeah, I reckon actually, you know, I think um, he's got to start picking and choosing a little bit. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to pre-age him, but he's been around a very long time, and uh, you know, using our own experience and just talking to other marathon runners, it gets to a point where you know you've got to, the desire and the training is the main thing. It's not the racing; it's the training and absorbing more training. What do you do? Do you change it up? He seems pretty happy and on top of his game, so he might have another couple of years, you know, through to Tokyo, but. I would think he needs to start picking and choosing now because there's no way you can just pop out two hours and one minute runs just uh, willy nilly. He's got to, you know, he will need to do it in perfect condition. So, you know, I would think he'd be identifying probably running Berlin again next year. So I think that's the place to do it. He needs everything in his favour to improve on his time because it is now. You know, he's he's two minutes ahead of anybody else. It's unbelievable that he could be, he's gapped everybody so much. So he probably starts to, start to pick and choose a little bit on what marathons he needs to run because I'm not, as I say, I'm not going to put a dampener on it, but at some stage his performances can't um, be at the level that they've been. So he's got to just be clever. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got a big show coming up. We're going to cover the Commonwealth Half Marathon Championships, the Chicago Marathon, and we look ahead to this weekend in Melbourne where the Medibank Melbourne Marathon will be kicking off. And as always, Mona's pick uh, to bring us home. But, mate, uh, you've been busy featuring on another running podcast, which was great to, to see. A two-part uh, interview with Julian Spence, one of the co-hosts on the Inside Running podcast. So, well done uh, there, mate. And it sounded like you had a, had a few more tales to tell there. It was good fun. Yeah, it's interesting. I've had some really good feedback. I, you know, I know my, my story, but I think there's a, a new group of runners who, or, or recreational um, runners who probably don't quite know the history. And I was just sort of chatting about stuff I thought pretty pretty sort of mundane people would know sort of stuff. But it's interesting how many um, bits of feedback I've had that uh, people didn't know some of the history and the stories. I mean, we chat on, the, on our runs. If you did a podcast of every one of our runs, <laughs> a few of the boys here in Ballarat and girls, it'd be an amazing story. But there's a lot of stuff that I take for granted that people um, don't know the history on. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I, I haven't had a listen myself. I was there. I yeah. Oh, no, trust me. It was very good. And um, this is, might be one of the advantages of getting a bit older, mate. You, you're getting, you, you can keep the same material, but you've got new crowds coming through the door. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, what? exactly. And, and uh, you know the story, don't you? We also, I think Chris Wardlaw was the first guy to ever say it. The longer I'm retired, the better I'm getting. Exactly, yeah. No, I think that's across all sports. So uh, in bars and, and clubs all around the country, people's sporting antics get better by the year, which is yeah. which is fantastic. But, mate, one of the things I, I did enjoy hearing was your reflections on your Olympic marathon experiences. And um, I did actually take the time to look it up. So 2nd of October, which is only a week and a bit ago, uh, marked 30 years since your Olympic marathon debut. And um, it was great to hear you talk about that and... and Julian was asking you for a one-word answer, and I think you failed miserably because I counted a lot more than one word, but <laughs> underestimated was probably the one that, that did stand out. And I've been digging up the archives on the back of that chat, and I found this little gem, and this is you having a chat uh, on, uh, on the Aussie broadcaster after finishing that race. We'll have a little listen to it now. You know, you feel like sort of throwing it in, but Olympics don't come around very often, so you try and knuckle down. It was good having Deke there to, to push me through and someone to work on, and, and I sort of seemed to get into a bit of a rhythm again. What actually happened? Because you appeared to drop back quite considerably. Yeah, I think they picked it up, and I was struggling. As soon as they had a change of pace, I was gone. There was nothing I could do about it. So. It's tough though. And, but then you came back. Yeah. At, what, at what stage did that happen and how? Well, I think it was Deke because I, I really had an aim to be first Australian. I thought Deke had dropped and I almost was happy to run there. But as soon as he came past, I said, come on, let's get back up again, get back into a rhythm. And I started rolling again. That's what a marathon's about. It's that rhythm that's important. And when did you pass Deke again? Oh, don't ask me. About 10k to go, I think, yeah. So into the last 10k we were starting you know, to roll a bit and once I got past him a couple of others started coming back and once they start coming back it makes it a bit easier. Congratulations. And I say day to everyone in Ballarat, except for everyone at B2B6, they didn't want to watch me, but everyone else that supported me, Chris Wardlaw, my coach, thanks Chris, Pat, 
my girlfriend Tanya, family, mum and dad, hi, home in Australia, everyone in Ballarat, the pack from Melbourne, the pack from Ballarat, I mean, it's Ballarat people, thank you very much, everyone that supported me, thanks a lot. Thank no you. problems in these deep. And East High, of course, everyone. Yeah. On your deep, well done, mate. Well done. Did you finish? Fifth. Right. Right. It's your work, mate, I wouldn't have got there oh, without right. you. Right. Thank right. you. Tough day. Steve was saying the two of you work together. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It was, uh, it was more a matter of, of us both being dropped off and uh, I sort of tried to chase and Steve was able to come with me and just regroup a little bit and then finish on strongly, so he ran great. So there you go, Mono. That was your first taste of uh, the Olympic Games. Coming fifth, and as, as we know, no Aussies ever finished better. You uh, and Deke have recorded that fifth finish at an Olympic Games for the men. Um, uh, but, mate bit of a rock star moment for you and uh yeah what are your memories of of that finish line and of that interview yeah i do remember running through the field i think that was the thing you know i thought i was sort of destined to finish sort of 10th or 11th and the way i came through the field and i think um you know i look back on it now and think gee how well it was only my third marathon you know i come off com games and then the world's and um, I was going backwards. I, I think third time going fourth at the Worlds and, and then fifth at the Olympics. But I probably took it for granted. I did underestimate how important it was. And, you know, you don't ever expect to go to the Olympic Games. And for me, my memory is clearly running into the stadium and thinking, wow, you know, here I am. I've made it. This is, you know, my dream come true. I wanted to run the marathon for Australia at the Olympic Games. And, as you're running around that last sort of three or four hundred metres on the track, you can kind of enjoy it, and, and that's the, that's what I remember about that moment. Your uh, your interview was was interesting as well. Halfway through, you ripped the singlet off, mate. So uh, shirtless interview on national TV. That was a bit of a rock star moment. Yeah, and I had the body to show off, obviously. <laughs> so it's good for ratings. Yeah, and a nice moment too. Uh, your your a chat with Deke straight afterwards, and to hear that. Like a fly in the wall, on the wall kind of moment. So that was good. But one thing I've got to ask you: Who or what is B to B six? I don't know. That's a good question. You, what is it? You listen. If you listen back to the audio, you you say big thanks to everyone yeah. in Ballarat and thanks to uh, your girlfriend Tanya. Uh, oh but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But B to B six, they didn't want a bar of you or something. You, yeah. You, you slag them off. So what happened? <laughs> That's right. There was big controversy here because. Uh, they were broadcasting Bathurst, which I think they had to do um, in their in their defence. But yep. they ran a poll, a straw poll, and half of Ballarat wanted to see um, me running in the marathon. So to their credit, they put a little square in the corner and they showed both at once. Oh, so Bathurst. I got covered, covered, <laughs> yeah. So and that was, you know, I, you know, I promote Ballarat pretty well, but. That's the type of support that I've been able to get here locally. And it makes a big difference, mate. That yep. personal support, yep. really, that's the stuff that gets you from 35K, <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're struggling a bit to get over the line. So it was uh, quite a controversial time here in Ballarat. There you go. Tell you. So that's good. I would, I would suggest that's the only time uh, a, a Olympic marathon's been broadcast in the corner of a Bathurst coverage. So, Yeah. Very I'm so sorry. <laughs> Maybe someone's recorded <laughs> that. Oh, thank God to, I ran okay. I'd love to see they the clip. Kept me, they kept the shot. I think they kept the footage going because I was competitive. I'd say if yeah. I had it dropped off, I was done. So who won Bathurst that year? We'll oh, we'd just say Brocky, wouldn't we? Because he won every year, didn't yeah. he, in the 80s? 
maybe listeners can uh, write in and let us know. Mate, um, a bit more on that a little bit later on, including uh, some uh, a musical side to that whole experience, but we'll get to that then. Mate, I've been busy uh, since we spoke last. I was up on the Gold Coast and I've emulated your good self. Uh, well, I, I didn't win it myself, but I, I but I had a small part to play in the winning of an Australian World Championship bronze medal uh, in the Paralymp- para triathlon. So my good friend Lauren Parker uh, had a fantastic race up there, not long after having some surgery on her on her spine, and um, got the bronze, mate. So we can uh, we can compare bronzes, or Lauren and you can compare bronzes. Yeah, so that was my question. So do you, as the um, guide handler, do you get a medal as well? No, mate. I, I, I have a very small no. part to play. So I'm the handler helping uh, just with the yeah. transitions. But if you're a guide in the vision impaired category, uh, they do receive a medal, I believe. So They do. There okay. you go. So, oh. yeah, no, we're, handlers are just second-class citizens, mate. We're just, we're just, um, we're just there <laughs> in, the, in the pits just uh, uh, toiling away. Can't do it without you. And was it emotional? It's a pretty big moment, isn't it? It was a pretty special moment for you. Amazing moment, yeah. And, and like uh, to have sort of been part of Lauren's journey. I know we're a running podcast here. We're getting into paratriathlon, but it, it's, it's been incredible. She's overcome, you know, just uh, uh, enormous challenges and barriers to get to the start line of her races at the Com Games and up there at the World Champs. And she just keeps fighting along. And uh, she's been actually... We'll, we'll know tonight as I'm going to wear. We're going to wear on a Thursday, but she's been nominated for the Don Award, which you'll know what that's about, and listeners will probably know about that. But, yeah, Kurt Fernley and Lauren Parker, um, Madison De Rosario. So a few para-athletes have been nominated as finalists this year, and that's a huge recognition for um, all that they've achieved. So we'll see who gets up uh, who gets up in, in that one when it's decided tonight in Melbourne. I'll be there. Will you? There you go. I'm going. You might be no, able to... I can give you. I can give you the scoop. You might be as able to... it happens. Yeah. Well, there you go, mate. Keep me. Keep me posted, and um, we, we can I see will. who gets awarded the Don Award. But it should be a great night. Um, Mona, I wanted to get. It always the... is the Hall of Fame. Okay. Sorry, that's what no, it, you're it's right. at the Sport Australia Hall of Fame yes. um, night tonight. It's a massive night. A really um, one of the, probably one of the biggest nights in. In Australian sport, I would think so. Yeah. It's um, you know they induct some new um, members into the Hall of Fame and uh, often have a someone upgraded to Legion status and then have other awards like the one Lauren's going for the Don Award, which has been I think won by various um, well-known people along the journey. Um, I think Mick Fanning, maybe Michelle Payne, people like that have um, won that award in the past. I think so. It's great. Good luck to Lauren. Have fun, mate, on the red carpet there tonight and uh, and live it up. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about the Commonwealth uh, Half Marathon. I'm frocking up as we speak. Oh, good on you. You'll, take, you'll, head, need a, uh, you'll need a while. That's <laughs> why <yeah. laughs> so I'm starting now. Good, 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 mate. Just, yeah, well, I'll look forward to seeing um, how, you, how you scrub up. But <laughs> yeah. on, on to some overseas news. Commonwealth Half Marathon champs. Now, if ever there was a race up your alley, Steve Monaghetti, this would have to be it, wouldn't it? You, it, only, it was the first edition of it this year, but Commonwealth uh, Games, you did so well there, but, uh, and Half Marathon, we know you, you uh, were a world record holder over that distance at 1.2. So, um, yeah, a shame it wasn't around in your day. Yeah, and it's interesting. It kind of crept up on me. I, I didn't know it was slated for um, the Cardiff 
marathon um, festival. So I didn't actually know it was on, but I, I do. Um, I became aware of it a few months ago when um, the team was announced, and I thought, oh, that's a good initiative. And as you say, it would have been right up my alley. Yeah. But I had um, I had great interest in what was happening, and oh my God, didn't we perform well? Oh. Un- un- unreal. We'll get on to the, how the Aussies went, but I also just want to double check. So you were the chef de mission. You have been for a, a few episodes of the Commonwealth Games. So being an extension mm-hmm. of, of a Commonwealth Games in a way, were you still the chef de mission? Mate, was this your last gig? Did they go very well? <laughs> yes, I believe they did. Yes, well, then I was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was complete, it was completely my, my responsibility. No, I think Nick on. Bromley, I think he Bromley was. might have been the um, team the, manager. He did a great job. I saw yeah, the so we'll give him credit, credit yeah. where credit's due. Yeah, no, he's orchestrated that beautifully. But, um, yeah, well, let's get on to the racing. And, and yeah, Jack Rayner, we knew he, we knew he was good. We knew he's had an, a phenomenal domestic season. But did you know he could, did you expect he could produce what he did, Steve? Oh, not at all. And I think if you've listened to our podcast, we've we've wrapped him up a few times. He's a great fellow. Been on the on the up here. He's been unbeatable on the road here in Australia. And he's I think what gave me confidence was his time stacked up, especially at City to Bay. He ran just outside I think Mizan Mahari's record, which I thought may never be broken. So I, I did sort of sense that his times were were good enough that he would be competitive. I thought he might sneak on to the dais. The chances of him winning, you never would expect that. So it was a phenomenal run. And um, 61.01, I mean, that uh, because the official Australian half marathon records, um, Collis Birmingham's 60.57 or 58. So yep. he's only a couple of seconds out of that. Our, our other runs, you know, um, uh, mine and Darren Wilson's and Duke, I think, are, are all um, on a downhill course. So it was an unbelievable run, you've got to say. And you know what impressed me was that he actually won the event. Not only that he yeah. ran fast, that he won it. And what did he run? Two forty for the last K. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, two thirty four. Six, I think, for one point one. So insane. I sort of worked it out to about two forty K. Yeah, yeah. No, a cracking run and playing that that mighty kick that we saw at the Gold Coast half marathon. Um, holding off the yep. competitors there, and he's just, yeah, shown it on the world stage. So really, really exciting. Um, Dej and Gebra Selesi, a little bit further back, uh, setting the Tasmanian half marathon record, having a, a great run. Just on Nick Armin, a good young guy yes. from, um, from over in WA, who's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. And Raf Bohr over there, a, a friend of mine, who and I, I've known Nick for a little while, he's... He's sort of on our, you know, he, he follows our training philosophy and he's really just improved out of sight. And Ed Goddard ran well. So we had a really good team, men's team over there, and they finished in, you know, silver position as well. So that was an outstanding result. All young, all on the up, all really impressive um, in the men's and in the women's team. I mean, a couple of PBs there as well with Celia and uh, Marnie Ponton and, and Casey Wood all running well. So just a great team. I think you'd probably get on to the women. I've stolen your thunder. No, 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 exactly. And the women, as you say, uh, emulating the men both, getting the silver medal, I believe, in the team's uh, category. And, yeah, that's yep. all you can expect. It's all you can ask, isn't it? The PB at a big champs like that and, and just for, sort of see where you end up. But great runs across the board, the boys and the girls. And, yeah, Celia... Sullihan, I must admit, I did get excited. AA were, were were sending out their social media updates, and I saw a 67 uh, time, which was her 20k split, and they were calling that a yeah. the finish time. <laughs> I had to pull my head. We in a all bit there. did. Oh, no, <laughs> didn't we get excited? Well, I was yeah, half yeah, believing, and I thought, "Geez, I know she's good, but yeah." So she had done a 72 low at uh, Bay to Bay half marathon in Gosford, 
earlier this year. So that was in the lead up to the Gold Coast Marathon. So uh, she managed to take a minute and a bit off that. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, a fantastic run from her. And as you say, Marnie Ponton and Casey Wood are also there having outstanding runs. So yeah, so glad that we that we you know sent the team over there and uh, and they've they've performed out of their skin. So they'll take a lot of confidence from that and, and hopefully see them in the green and gold at, at future champs. Yeah, I just think, don't you just sense that, I just think Australian distance running, we're just, we're on the up. Things are going really well. And that is true evidence, not just, they kind of just got this sort of freakish run by one person or it's written, they're young, they're unexpected. They're just, and they're, I think they're a bit symptomatic of what's happening generally across the board. It's just really exciting. I mean, just this podcast makes gets me excited, but we just go over the results and you highlight them and you think, how well is our sport going at the moment? Yeah, yeah, and the, and the, the road element of the sport as well, Mona, which, you know, you and I are greatly excited by that. I wouldn't, un- I don't, I can't understate that enough, just how important those, those results are. And someone like Jack Rayner and Celia and what she's achieved, because that's the crossroads of athletics and recreational running. The boom in in what the punters are all doing, lining up thirty thousand odd at Sydney and Gold Coast and Melbourne, and and then these elites who are on the same sort of start line, and and we can relate to them. And uh, although they're running much faster, you know that's that's something that I think is hugely important um, for the you know for the the health of the sport and and for the growth of it as well. So really really exciting. And I if I was you know if I was running the sport in this country, I'd be really going hard on, you know, making Jack Rayner and, and Celia, these these guys and girls, the big big names in the sport because it, it's super exciting and it captures it captures everyone from the front of the pack to the back of the pack. It does, and they're great role models as well. They're terrific people. And, you know, you think on Sunday we're both running the, the half and, you you know, you think, well, and everyone in that field can say, well, how do we compare to someone <laughs> like, you know, are we in the 71s like Celia? How can we double that? And, you know, are we running... Um, half as fast as what Celia's running in because women's women's numbers at um, a lot of the recreational running events I think it's 60-40 now they're, they're really smashing us men and then you look at um, Jack's run 61-01 you know double at 202 you know that's good running so that comparison we are doing exactly the same distance as they have done so it's it, it translates beautifully it's not like in some other sports where you can't really relate yep. to that elite component of it, you know, we'll be out there in the event doing the exact distance and some of that, not none of those runners, but uh, elite runners will be in the races as we are running along with them. Yeah. And per- and personally that I find that would spur me along. So yeah, I'm like, we're racing this, this weekend. I, you know, I take great uh, motivation out of those runs and I think that's what people can do, whether it's a half marathon or a marathon or park run or whatever it is. So it has that direct effect, um, which is exciting. Final question. I know you've, you've had, you've mm-hmm. been asked this and you've pondered it a lot, but Jack Rayner, uh, let's, let's pick out a marathon for him. Let's stop asking when he's going to do it. Let's just <laughs> give him a date, give him a marathon, wind him up and let him go. It's amazing. 22, you'll be turning 23 in December. Um, in the next couple of years, do you reckon, reckon we'll see him on a start line? Yeah, I think, you know, I'd like to see him just establish a bit uh, more on the track. So I think the track stuff, and, and actually I've spoken um, to his coach, I spoke to Nick uh, Nick yeah. during the week, and I think they they would like to get him maybe through Tokyo on the track and faster, yeah. and then maybe somewhere like Birmingham, which wouldn't that be just beautiful? I think Commonwealth Games is the ideal entree. You know, we, we saw it with 
myself, we've seen it with um, Jess Trengove, we've seen it with Michael Shelley, you know, and people coming through that Commonwealth Games um, as a as their first marathon or one or their first major marathon. So I think um, 2022 and Jack, you know, that'd be a bit, he'd be at the perfect age. He'd be 25, 26, which would be ideal, mate. So let him um, just get a bit quicker and. Faster, but gee, how exciting is it going to be when he does step on the start line for his debut marathon? Yep, no, very super exciting. We wish wish uh, wish him all the best for Birmingham 2022. That'll be that'll be great. Hopefully, we're there to cheer him on. Hey, mate. Um, yeah. Sh- Chicago Marathon. Uh, don't know how much of this we've we've done some commentary on this in the past, but uh, big names mm-hmm. from the Americans and uh, Galen Rupp getting taken down by his former training. Partner Mo Farah, decent run from Mo, getting into the 205. How much quicker can he go, do you reckon? Oh, yeah, a bit quicker. And he mm. dominated the race. I mean, he's pretty comfortable. I think he was probably cruising and did what he had to do. So, um, yeah, he, it was interesting. Um, I, I saw a bit of a picked up a soundbite of um, Garland. I've been really disappointed. He ran 2.6. 2.6 yeah. and, and, you know, finished. Oh, fifth, obviously, he wanted to be up a little bit higher, but gee, I don't know. I don't know too many people are disappointed running two six. But anyway, that's I suppose that's the standard of his expectations. So it wasn't a bad field. And um interesting, I thought uh, you know, Mo Mo's was a great run, but gee, uh, one that jumped out at me was um Suguru Osaka, the Japanese guy who Break the Japanese record again. I don't know what the um, government's going to do over there because every time they break the <laughs> Japanese record, they, they pay a million bucks. So yep. I think there's been two in the last 12 months. They've got nowhere near it for about 20 years. And now suddenly that someone puts up a million bucks and they're, they're popping, know. they're breaking it every month. <laughs> God. Do we reckon we get onto so this Australian? Yeah. The Aussie, Aussie government might might follow suit, do you reckon? We could fire up the, yeah. fire up the kitty. <laughs> I reckon we need it. And I think, you know, the Japanese have a great um, history of men and women's marathon running and Ekidens, as we know, and the sports is massive over there. And they have really progressed. Their um, they're depth now and just their running, well, their depth initially, and now that's producing faster runners. And, you know, I think the depth and, and Kaoluchi, who we know, Yuki's been a legend for their sports. So just that attention that he seems to have brought to their sport. But these young guys now um, are just running some really fast times. And, you know, the Japanese do have a great history, but so do we here in Australia. And, you know, I think we should look to look at the work and the development the Japanese marathon running is going through and think, well, hey, you know, we should be jumping on the back of that and, and getting a couple off and under to 10. Well, speaking of Aussies, um, I'll give a shout-out to Madison Di Rosario. We've got silver medal in the women's wheelchair uh, race, which is another great race for, uh, event uh, result. Sorry for her on the on the big stage, and then a uh, couple of other, a few other Aussies in the race, uh, and in the men's, Reese Edwards with a with a two hour sixteen on debut, a very handy run. I was up at um, Coffs Harbour recently, Mona, where Reese Edwards holds the park run record up there at Coffs, and it's I think it's around fifteen minutes on not a quick course. And he's been, uh, yep. he's a physio and he's been on placement in places in Dubbo and, and Coffs and he's taken all the park run records wherever he goes. So very, very handy runner <laughs> and great to see him, yeah, stepping up to that marathon and, and, and doing it pretty well, I would say. Really well, really well. And that's the sort of story you like. And, you know, he's got a bit of upside as well. So no reason why we can't continue to see that improvement. And I um, think Huey Williams, who... I think we spoke about as well as around 220 um, as well, which is okay. I mean, that's it's solid. He, um, I'm not sure if he'd be 
happy or not with that, but I, I thought that was actually not too bad. For, um, it's a tough, can be tough, you know, the first one up, you never know what you're going to get, and uh, I reckon you'd be pretty happy. But Reese's run was, that was um, certainly from an Australian perspective, a big run. Yeah, and Dave Crinity up there as well, just outside 220. We know he's a, a stalwart mm-hmm. of the sport and uh, a good run from him as well. So um, it brings us up to, I guess, the next stop on the Marathon Mystery Tour. I just, can Mama? I just, before we leave, I've got one. I've got to just mention this, and it's only because it's my era. Yeah. What about Joni Benoit Samuelson? Oh, yes. She ran in um, Chicago, and she's um, she's just, obviously, you know, she won the inaugural women's marathon at um, LA in 84, and she's just such a terrific contributor. She's a legend of our sport and um, she ran uh, 3 hours and 12 minutes and um, I'm not sure where she finished but who cares God that's an unbelievable run. I think she's in the 60 to 64 age group yeah. now but just the fact she's still running around and giving back is unbelievable so 3 hours and 12 minutes incredible effort by oh. Joni Benoit Samuelson. Yeah. Blast no. from the past who's still delivering. That's right I had heard she was gunning for a sub 3 Mona, um, they had pretty tough conditions, I, I think, on the day. So, but amazing run, as you say. And also, uh, while we're giving shout-outs, Andrew Lee, who's the um, one of the yep. one of the uh, members of Parliament who loves his loves his running. He's the assistant shadow treasurer, I believe. But he completed uh, the World Marathon Majors uh, uh, sweep, so he's done all six now. That was his final one in Chicago, and he's. Well, the other five, he's gone under three hours pretty comfortably, I think, at most of them. This one, he had a bit of a tough day. He came home, I think, uh, after a one-hour 30 first half. He came home in three hours 30 or so. So he wasn't able to keep up with uh, Joan and uh, some of the other speedy runners. But, yeah, fantastic achievement for a politician who, I, from what I hear, um, you know, being a politician, you don't have a lot of spare time. So he gets up at 3 and 4 a.m. to get his runs in. And, uh, and and a great achievement from him as well. So, yeah, well done, Andrew Lee. Yeah, and a good supporter of um, Deke's IMP as the That's Indigenous right. Marathon program as well. So good on him. Yeah, terrific. He's probably had a bit on his plate the last few months. He might have <laughs> yeah. had an interrupted training block, I'd suggest. Yeah, and he had a, actually, I, I can reveal, he had a little niggle uh, standing on the start line at the City to Surf uh, recently as well. So he may have even had a... A bit of a hamp- hampered by injury, but still a great achievement. Yeah. So the next stop on the Marathon Mystery Tour, Mono, we go down to Melbourne this Sunday for the Medibank Melbourne Marathon, one of many events that I believe you're an ambassador for, mate. And um, it's pretty exciting. It's the first time for me. I haven't actually been down to race uh, at this event before, so I'm pretty excited lacing up for the half marathon. But, um, mate, I wondered if you could just set the scene for us. What... As a first-timer, what can I expect? And others who are getting making their debut, what to expect in terms of, I guess, the the, the setup, the start, the finish, the, the layout of the mm. course, um, and any hot tips you can give us? Yeah, you're in for a treat. One of the world's great marathons, I reckon, uh, Medibank Melbourne Marathon. And, you know, I think we in here in Victoria, we remember, you know, the golden days when you used to run from Frankston to Melbourne. If you had a tar wind, you know, you ran 10 minutes quicker than you should. And if you had a head wind, you ran 10 minutes slower. And, um, but in, I think about oh, 15 years ago, they changed it to maybe longer now. I'm not sure how long it's been sort of in the city. And it's actually quite a fast course now. So it um, starts just outside the MCG and runs through a bit of the city down to Kilda Road around Albert Park and down along the beach up and back a bit of a coat hanger section. This is a marathon and um, the other events sort of around Albert Park and around the tan track in Melbourne and all events 
finish on the MCG, which is an absolute highlight of anyone's life. To finish to finish a marathon anywhere is a treat, but if you're finishing it on the MCG, is pretty special. So, um, yeah, you're in for a great day. It's going to, I think it might be a little bit warm. I'm, we're all we're all checking the mm. weather forecast, and I think it's going to stay pretty humid, pretty warm overnight, which is unusual for this time of the year in Melbourne. So. You'll be acclimatised. You'll be okay. You'll be fine, mate. But for some people, because we're obviously coming out of our winter, and you know, the Melbourne Marathon's probably an event that a lot of Victorians would train for and do annually, and even interstate people come down particularly for it. But it's kind of the run that a lot of uh, cross-country runners, recreational runners, road runners, certainly here in Ballarat and around Victoria would target. So hopefully they're hydrating as we speak and. And it, uh, they get away with it okay on Sunday. It looks like being a little bit warmer and windier than we probably would have liked. Well, we wish everyone uh, listening uh, a great race. And, yeah, look forward to seeing you there, mate. What's your what's your race plan? Um, you looking to maybe pace your co-host? What's the go? Yeah, if you can keep up. I'd pace <laughs> anyone that can keep up. It's not my fault that you can't keep up, mate. Very I good. can't help that. No, I've got a little bit. I, I'm, I'm running the half as well, but I've just had, got a tight hammy just from ran a, um, just from last Sunday. Just tightened up a little bit. So if that holds up, you know, I'm hoping to uh, roll along. And you know, I'm hoping sort of mid seventies would be nice. I haven't ran a half for a while, or not not fast anyway. Yep, so. Yep. I'm hoping to toe the line and get going a bit, but um, what I'm really excited about, I just love, you know, I'm an ambassador. I've done a bit of work for, with the Medibank Run crew and um, just looking forward to, there's a lot of Ballarat people. As I say, a lot of, it's a really local, for me, it's a, it's a really great event to be a part of. They organise it so well and it's just the atmosphere at the MCG on the G afterwards and outside. It's just amazing. So exciting though, you know, I think that I'm really looking forward to watching Sinead Diver mm. run um, in the marathon. She yep. is just in a rich vein. When we talk about Jack Rayner, well, you can marry up Sinead Diver because she dominated everything. They've been one, two, well, one, one in basically every yeah. road event in Australia for the last six, eight months. So she should, she should just be um, cherry ripe for a really good run. So I hope the weather is okay because I'm really thinking she could be, you know, Sub 230 her PB. I think she's run about 231 and a half. So certainly in shape to run sub 230. But even I would have thought get close to that um, female course record, which is um, 226.05. Lisa Waitman ran there in 2013. So that's the exciting thing for me. And a couple of Australian trainers, Liam Adams um, and Nick Earl, I think, debuting in the men's event as well. So it's a bit happening in the marathon yeah. as well. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully be finished uh, in time to enjoy that, yeah, watching those men's and women's uh, races finish in the marathon. And, um, mate, the other thing you can get, get excited about is my assault on my PB from 2012 up at the Gold Coast. I think it's about 79 and a half. So, uh, mate, hopefully hoping to shave a few minutes off that. And if I stick with you for the first few Ks, I'm, I may regret it, but um, but we'll see, mate. We'll see how we go. Maybe we could do a little interview in, in the opening 5Ks or something. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. If you can, if you can talk, if you've got the you, breath to I'll talk, let, I'll let you do the talk. Let me lead the discussion. Yeah, <laughs> One no, it is a great event, and um, <clears throat> certainly the half is. You know, it's normally pretty good condition, so um, hopefully we can get you under that PB. And as I say, depending how I'm feeling, I might end up 
rolling along with you. And there could be worse things to do than have your company for, for an hour or so. Yeah, At least well, it's good. You you don't mind a chat. We'll be fine. We'll help each other through. And that's the camaraderie you get in a, in a distance race, isn't it, mate? Exactly, exactly. You're listening to the Marathon Mystery Tour, and we're going to wrap up this week's show, as always, with Mona's pick. And Mona, I'm going to take you back to 1988. There you were, uh, fresh face, making your Olympic marathon debut. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what was playing on the Walkman, mate, on, on your way to the race, or, or maybe playing on the bus? You might have been sitting next to Deke on the way to the start line. What, what, what musical memories do you have from that time in your life? Yeah, I was actually, that was it was a great year. I loved the um, uh, 80s for, for music when I was kind of young and impressionable, we'll say. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I love my alternative music. So a bit of R.E.M. I think R.E.M. were pretty big at the time. And um, I think that might have been Out of Time album, I think, um, Orange Crush and The Church is Under the Milky Way. But how about this? You know, I had a bit of a sneak, sneak peek. I cheated a bit. I, I looked up 88. This is, um, and it's sort of relevant at the moment. You know what? One of the biggest songs of 1988 was Never Gonna Give You Up by who? Uh, Rick Astley. Oh, I can remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Astley. Now, apparently, is there something that happens where you're halfway through an interview and suddenly you get Never Gonna Give You Up? And it's called being Rick Rolled. Oh, you heard of this phenomenon? There you go. Yeah. And so there um, you go. So look out. Lately, the Foo Fighters have been covering that song and have been known to get Rick Astley up on stage at some of their live gigs. So um, no, no, that's fact. Check that oh, out. Oh, that's unbelievable. Oh, look it up. Because by by <laughs> sort of by one degree of separation, Gang of You is my favourite Australian yeah. band, as you know. Um, they're supporting the Foo Fighters, oh. so they could be hanging out in the green room backstage with none other than Big Rick. <laughs> Getting we'll Rick to, rolled personally. How about that? You'll have, the to, you'll have to play all your VIP cards, mate, and get back there with them. And uh, get a, I get want a photo of you and Rick. Be, be rolling with Rick. That's it. <laughs> well, let's um, let's go to a track now. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can dig up, mate. But this will be Rick Astley's "Never Gonna Give You Up," his own version. Yeah. <laughs> and if I can find the Foo Fighters version, um, we'll, we'll give that a listen too. Enjoy. You're a star, Robbo. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Now, while we're on it, I'm glad you mentioned it because you've preempted my little quiz question for you here to Mona. Um, oh. So 1988, uh, 2nd of October, the Olympic men's marathon at the Seoul Olympics. What was the number one hit in Australia on that day? And I'm going to give you a few to choose from. Now, Rick okay. Astley's never going to give you up is, on, is, is one of the options, followed by <laughs> Kylie Minogue's I Should Be So Lucky. Billy Ocean's Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car, Robert Palmer's Simply Irresistible, and the classic from Bobby McFerrin, Don't Worry, Be Happy. But what was number one? They were all oh, number ones that year, but what was yeah, number one in October? Yeah. Ooh, right. Well, because 
gee, I tell you that, that Don't Worry, Be Happy was number one for a very long yes. time. So yes. she's, I'm hoping that it's probably that because, geez, I don't know if I could, I could, could I be, all right, I'll, I'll use the I'll, beautiful segue. I could be really lucky and go with Kylie Minogue. I should be so lucky. Ah, there you go. Well, let's have a little listen to both of them first just to get us in the mood. But I can tell you, mate, Kylie Minogue, well, let's start from the top. Uh, Rick Astley's never going to give you up. He, he kicked off the year. He was number one in January. Uh, Kylie Minogue, I should be so lucky. That was March, April, 1988. Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. That ended the year. That was November, December. Oh. Um, and so in the middle there, Robert Palmer, Simply Irresistible, was the Olympic men's marathon number one hit. So I can remember the film clip. Listeners will probably remember it as we well. We all can. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so there you go, mate. Simply irresistible. We've got to play a little bit of that for you. So there you go. If you are, maybe listeners might not, some of our listeners won't have been born in 1988, Mona. So they're, they're getting a musical education <laughs> out of this week's show. But that's brought back a, a, a huge amount of numbers, uh, memories for me there. So yeah, well done, mate. Good. That was pretty good. You weren't far oh. off. Well done. No, I was in the mix, but I tell you, they wouldn't have been on my playlist, but anyway, that's fine. <laughs> well, mate, thanks again for uh, taking us down your your uh, musical alley and, and sharing your insights on music, but also running as well. And that's going to wrap us up for episode five. Well done for making it to, to number five, mate. And um, I reckon we should do maybe episode six. We could do it in the first five Ks of, of uh, the, the race this Sunday. We'll wait and see. Maybe on the finish line. Yeah, there's a bit of synergy there. Fifth yeah. in 88 at the Seoul Olympics on the ah, fifth marathon. Mystery tour perfect. And obviously on Sunday, you and I are going to be equal fifth place in the half marathon. That'd be just nice, wouldn't and I'll, it? I'll run a five-minute PB. How's that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I'll run a, about a 50-minute PW. Perfect. So <laughs> perfect. Hey, mate, thanks again. Thanks, folks, for listening. Thanks, Robo. And we'll catch you, catch you in Melbourne, Mona. Good running if you're running, and we'll see you here. Cheers, everyone.